I remember everyone had a hobby back in those days. Back in the fifties. Everyone had a hobby. Whereas now it's all X, Lax and PlayStation. My sister, she had a hobby. She collected spoons. She had spoons of all sizes. Small ones. Large ones. Well, actually, no. No, she didn't have any large ones. We couldn't afford large ones. Everyone had a hobby in those days. Everyone. I didn't have a hobby. I remember the rag and bone man with his horse and cart. Yeah, his horse and cart. Shouting any old rag and bones. He'd drive along. Shouting. With his horse and his cart. horse and cart. I've no idea why he did that. Also the milkman. With his horse and cart. His horse and cart. He'd drive along. Shouting. There's mayhem down our road. Mayhem. The milkman. He go door to door with his horse and cart. Horse and cart. With a big milk urn on the back. Delivering small babies to their mothers. Well, then there was the coal man. He go door to door with his horse and cart. Horse and cart. But he never made a sound. And he'd go into the houses, one by one, in the dead of night. And sprinkle coal dust in the children's eyes. If you did that today, they'd call you a lunatic. Streets were much safer back then. There weren't any weirdos. Not like today. We set the bar much higher back then, you see. Peggy and Malcolm, Guardian Reader, experienced a time slip when visiting the nearby market town of Nisborough. On their way out of a shop, they were relocated just three minutes before they had paid and were immediately arrested for shoplifting. Another lost time incident and Martha de Torres spent 15 minutes chatting in the local greengrocer and will now never get that time back again. Mario Drab took a photograph of his mother in a deserted churchyard on a recent holiday. On returning home he had his pictures developed and was astonished to see an enormous phantom camera strap that hadn't been present when the photo was taken. Further evidence that we are not alone. Hello, you have reached the Paranormal Detective Agency. If you have experienced a paranormal event, please dial 1. If you are phoning to complain, please replace the receiver. Is the event you are dialing to report 1. A poltergeist 2. A sense of deja vu 3. A strange appearance 4. A strange disappearance 5. A sense of deja vu 6. A presence 7. A sense of deja vu or 8. You are a lonely woman seeking some attention. You can dial zero at any time to return to the previous menu. You selected six, a presence. Dial one if this presence is there all year round. Dial two for spring and summer, three for winter, and four for Christmas. You selected four, indicating that you have a Christmas presence. Are you one, taking the mickey, or two, stuck in a Charles Dickens story? You selected zero to return to the previous menu. Dial one if this presence is there all year. You have a presence all year round. We need to classify how unsettling this experience is for you. Which of the following does it give you? One, collywobbles. Two, heebie-jeebies. Three, screaming abdabs. You selected three, screaming abdabs. If you require an urgent exorcism, 
please scream your name and address after the tone. Ten Second Movie Theater presents The Fifty Foot Woman. Darling, please hurry up. We're going to be late. You try doing up 25 pairs of laces. It's not easy. The end. Humankind has evolved over millions of years. This is established fact. Unless you're one of those creationists, in which case it's only a theory, along with mobile communications and premarital sex. But what if we had had a gentle nudge at various points in our evolution? What then? Hmm? What do you have to say to that? Nothing, eh? No, because it's nonsense, that's why. Now, let's never speak of this again. Get back to cleaning the silverware. Dr. Meacham? Dr. Meacham? Hello, Wilson. I expect now I've climbed down out of my personal fighter jet that I fly in a cavalier and yet skillful manner that you've got the latest news for me from my top-secret laboratory, at which I'm the lead scientist. About these components you ordered, I think we should talk. I told you never to ask about my personal experiments with vibrating platforms, Wilson. No, not those components. These ones. What is it, Wilson? Well, they're tiny. According to my calculations, if all our components were this small, then we could scale down our computer so that it well, it was small enough to fit in this room. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Wilson. You must have made a mistake. Pass me my calculator. Here you go, Cal. Ah, now let me see. No, you're right. Where did you order this from? Can I put it down now? Oh, oh yes, yes, go on. Yeah, it was in this catalogue here. Ah, ghosts. Oh. Well, how come I've never heard of these people before? It was all very strange. I don't suppose anything else strange has happened to you recently, Dr. Meacham? What? Like when the fighter jet I was flying was rescued out of an impossible spin by a green ray from outer space? No, nothing like that. Oh, what's that? An interrossiter. What's one of those? I don't want to know. Well, I do. I want to know what it is, how it works, and who invented it. Look! Available to collect in 2,486 issues. Issue 1, available now at the special introductory price of only three shillings. Oh, Wilson, sign me up! Well, men, we have to admit it. It's not looking good for us reaching the North Pole now. Our ship's been stuck in the ice for nearly two weeks and we're running low on supplies. It's clear to me that we need to break the ice. Break the ice, sir? I thought we were all getting along rather well. Yeah, that's not what I meant. I mean, I suppose we could do some after-dinner games. No, I meant we need to break the ice around the ship, if you get my drift. Well, which one of these is your drift, sir? What? Which snowdrift did you want me to get, sir? I don't think we need more snow, sir. We need to get rid of the stuff that's already here. Could we use this paraffin, sir? Paraffin? Yes, yes. We can put it on the ice. Oh, no good. I understand. What? I'll put the idea on ice, like you suggested, sir. No, no, no. Put the paraffin on ice. Yes, that's what I said, sir. Although I think this is a slippery slope. Yes, it is quite slippery, isn't it? I mean, you dismissing my ideas, sir. But I understand if it doesn't cut any ice. No, I think it will cut some ice. Jenkins, go out there and pour this paraffin on the ice, will you? Yes, sir. And hurry. With our food running low, this bad weather is just the tip of the iceberg. I don't think it is, sir. What? The ice, sir. It's too thin to be the tip of an iceberg. You're right. It is thin. Look where Jenkins is walking. I think he's cracking up. You think Jenkins is cracking up, sir? I thought he was the sanest among us. Jenkins! Jenkins, look out! You're on very thin ice. Okay, but I have to tell you, sir, I don't respond well to threats. Jenkins, stop! Jenkins! We've lost him. Damn. I'll have to write to his fiancée. Yes, sir. It's sad, sir. He only came up here in the first place because you told him not to touch it without a pole, sir. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. 
I've been asked to correct my previous announcement, which was given in pre-decimal units, and so doesn't comply with the current air traffic regulations. I should, of course, have said that we'll be cruising at an altitude of 140 centigrade, with an airspeed of approximately one cubic centimetre. We'll be landing in about half an hour, and the temperature in Bristol is a balmy 600 metres per second. I remember I had a bike as a kid. There was only one bike in the neighbourhood. So when it was your birthday, your dad used to go and nick it from the last kid, wrap it up ready for you. And you'd ride it round. Ride it round. Just round and round. For a week or so. Until it was some other kid's birthday. Whenever I had it, it always had a puncture. Christmas. Christmas was very different in those days to today. It used to be in September. Nowadays they have it much later, so that the shops have a longer run at it. Christmas presents were very different in those days. I would get a lot of food items. Oranges. Nuts. Vegetables. And of course the traditional Michael McIntyre DVD. I think people today forget how old the tradition is. Of course, they're made out of chocolate nowadays. But I remember when you used to get a real one. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents Them. Hello, it's only us. Good Lord, it's them. The End. So, Wilson. Dr Meacham? This is it. Issue 2486 of Build Your Own Interocitor. It's the last component. We're almost finished. 2486 non-interchangeable, fragile, irreplaceable, near-identical, unlabeled, flat-pack components assembled with the aid of 12 apparently irrelevant diagrams with accompanying text in stilted Taiwanese. And we've done it. Now let's plug it in. Hello, Dr. Meacham. I've been expecting you. What the? It's a video conference unit. Bloody hell. My name is Dr. Exeter. You have successfully completed the task of assembling a piece of flat-pack furniture, a task of which few men are capable. The Interocitor represents the peak of our technological achievement, which is why we've badged it Amstrad. And who are you exactly? You will be able to tell from my extremely high forehead that I am part of a group seeking accomplished scientists. And we'd like you to join our team. Why should I? Because you want to know how this video conference facility works, who rescued you from certain death in your plane, and why my face is so shiny. Our plane is now landing outside your building. It will wait for five minutes and then leave. This unit will now self-destruct. Bloody hell. It took me ages to build that thing. Where's that plane? I'm going to give this Exeter character a piece of my mind. It's just pulling up outside your door now, Dr. Meacham. Oh, look at this plane. It's incredible. No air crew, no windows, no facilities at all. Welcome aboard the Royal Air Flight 12 to an undisclosed location. Or at least within 50 miles of an undisclosed location. Please take your seat, Dr. Meacham.
Well, Anne, I, I do really love your new series of colourful children's story characters. Thanks, Michael. It's good to know the publisher is behind me on these. Well, my favourite is possibly the round orange one with the incredibly long arms. Well, I really like the way his hands keep getting into the most unwanted places. What's his name again? Mr. Inappropriate Touching. Ah, yes, Mr. Inappropriate Touching. I'm sure children all over the world will enjoy reading about his antics. Him and the round yellow one with the enormous smile. Yes, Mr. Recreational Drug Use is a personal favourite of mine. With his blank staring eyes. I really enjoyed that one. Who's this blue chap covered in bandages? Uh, that's Mr. Self-Harm. He's part of my new series, uh, along with this one. This character is always confused and mixing up his words and wears his hat upside down. I call him Mr. Mental. Well, I'll look forward to that one. How about this one, dressed in black with a white collar? That's Mr. Catholic Priest. Oh, Anne, I am disappointed. Surely you should know there are some things that we can't have around children. Wilma Tisley writes to tell us that she's terrorised by a dog-headed man. He arrives early in the morning on a Thursday and chews the paper before she's had a chance to read it. Sportsmen visiting Hastings were troubled by a mysterious orb which appeared at high speed from out of a cloudless sky. It rushed them a number of times, eventually forcing them to pack up their equipment and leave. Apparently this isn't the first time this has been a problem for the English cricket team. And in a touching tale, Brian McGovern of Bushy, Hertfordshire, recently rediscovered his wife's wedding ring nearly 20 years after it had originally gone missing. He discovered it while digging in the vegetable patch of his garden, only 10 feet away from where he buried her. Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We appear to have made a slight error in our calculations earlier. We have now attained our cruising speed of 6 cubic seconds per square centimetre, and if you look out of your window you can now see the Cornish coast approximately 6 millimetres down to the right. We're slightly ahead of schedule and we hope to be arriving in around 8 kilograms. You have selected option 4, our paranormal overnight service. Now some more detailed questions about your case. If you suffer from disturbances in the home, please creak after the tone. Do you hear strange bangs in the night? One knock for yes, two knocks for no. We think you said... Is this correct? Dial one for yes or two for no. We appear to have made a mistake. Do you hear strange bangs in the night? One knock for yes, two knocks for no. We think you said... Is this correct? Dial one for yes or two for no. We appear to have made a mistake. Do you hear strange bangs in the night? One knock for yes, two knocks for no. Alternatively, bang your head repeatedly against the desk to return to the previous menu. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents Journey to the Seventh Planet. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? Yes, we're here. The end. Come in, Dr. Meacham. I hope you had a pleasant trip. Well, apart from the vomiting two-year-old on the plane and the four-hour coach trip from the airport, yes. I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Ruth Adams. She'll be your buddy while you get settled in. Ah, we've met before. The Hawaiian Particle Physics Convention. Never seen so much ham and pineapple. I'm afraid you have me confused with another girl. No. Well, I put my hand up and you showed us your neutrinos. No, it was someone else. Well, that night on the sand with the transvestite and the army wrestling coach. Sorry. Here's your starter pack with all our pension details and HR information. Now, I'd like you to meet some of the other staff, Dr. Brack, Dr. Milliwit, 
I'm Dr. Sennheiser. Doctor. 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 Well, now you've all met, we'll say goodbye for the moment. Doctor. 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 Now, Exeter, perhaps you can explain to me where I am and just what the hell I'm doing here. Well, to answer the first part, you're in a very remote and rarely visited place at the end of the Jubilee Line. As to what we're doing here, we're a group of scientists dedicated to ending all war. We have access to technology that you can only dream of. What, you have totally realistic female French-made robots? No. PlayStation 6? No, we have fusion power. Oh, for pity's sake. We have a process that we use to generate the extreme temperatures found at the centre of coffee shop paninis and thermonuclear fusion reactions. And if I choose not to stay? You are free to leave at any time. We can prepare the coach and the plane. Oh, damn you, Exeter! Now, Dr. Adams will show you the grounds. Oh, thank you. Now, how about you tell me what's really going on here? How do you mean? Well, for a start, if this place is dedicated to peace and tranquility, how come every person here is a nuclear physicist? Where are the engineers, the medical staff, the interior decorators? And secondly, you are the Ruth Adams I met in Hawaii. How did you know? You're still wearing the grass skirt I bought you. Oh, Cal, Exeter keeps us here doing his bidding. It's terrible. His spies are on us in the labs, and he takes every opportunity to show us his cathode ray tube. Well, we need to get out of here. But it's 20 miles to the airport and all the roads are monitored. Well then, let's just run meaninglessly across the field and into the lake. Yes. They're shooting at us! Not necessarily. They could be just trying to get the lichen off the patio. Oh, yes. Damn, you're right! They are shooting at us! Quick, jump in the lake! What for? Well, I just thought you might look better in wet clothes. They've launched an enormous flying saucer from the airport. And it's pulling us up inside via some sort of tractor beam. I told them this wouldn't work on the radio. <laughs> this is taking quite a long time, isn't it? Yes. My father used to be very strict. If I didn't do what he asked, he used to give me the slipper. Never hit me once, just handed it over. I never forgot that. He always used to make me tidy my room. My bedroom was a bomb site. Literally, it was a bomb site. Our house had been knocked down during the war. I remember we had an outside toilet and an outside tap. Outside used to be much bigger in those days. So there was room for all this stuff. Nowadays, there's much less space, so you have to have them all inside. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you to those who pointed out my previous error in the units. We are, of course, cruising at an altitude of 16 centimetres, at a speed of 160,000 kilometres per second. Yes? Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been informed that the fuel warning light has come on, which we should have plenty. We filled up with 12 centiliters before we took off. What's that cow doing? Hello? Hello, are you Mr. Mason? 
I come about the advert, the one in the paper. You have? Yes. Well, I'm here to apply for the role of adventurer slash odd job man. I want to spice up my mundane existence. Excellent, that's good. I was just about to embark on my next adventure. You see that big pile of soil over there? Yes. Well, here's a spade. We're going to dig to the centre of that pile, and you can join me on the journey to the centre of the earth. Right. What? What's the pay like? Adventuring is its own reward. Well, it's not what I had in mind, but uh, thanks, anyway. Wait! Not exciting enough for you, hey? Well, in that case, I've been meaning to paint that enormous letter C in the garden. If we start at the top, then you can join me on... A voyage to the bottom of the sea. Still not very exciting. It is quite exciting. Not really exciting enough. I see. Then... How about we go into the kitchen and chop some herbs using the time machine? Still not very exciting. I do have an allergy to herbs. Is it serious? I could drop dead at any second. Oh, it's a deal. Are we nearly there yet? Yes, just another few inches until we reach the saucer. At last. Ah, there you are. I'm afraid there has been a change of plan. We must take you to our home world. Oh, I see. Well, wh- when do we set off? We're already there. That was quick. Yes, well, we wasted a lot of time with that bloody tractor beam. Behold, the world of Metaluna. Let's go down to the surface. In the tractor beam? Uh, no, we use the stairs. It's quicker. Uh, Exeter, it's about time you explain what the hell is going on uh, to, to Dr. Adams. I mean, obviously, I've already worked it all out. Now, in that case, you'll know that far from being the head of an organization dedicated to eliminating war, I represent an advanced alien race whose planet is being eliminated. We have been at war for 200 years with a race that has annihilated the surface of our world. So we took to living under the oceans. Then they annihilated them, and so we briefly tried living in mid-air. It didn't last. And so we moved underground. And so you kidnapped us to build the ultimate weapon? No, we hired you to create an unlimited supply of energy to keep the shield around our planet alive. It's the only thing that now stands between us and final obliteration. Who exactly are you at war with? Well, we're not entirely sure. Their uniforms are red and white. We thought it might be the arsenal. Exeter, are these the Earth people? Yes, Monitor. Have you prepared them for the Brain Mangler? The Brain Mangler? It's a tool that allows us to bend your minds to accept anything we say. Uh, Are you sure that that's necessary, Monitor? Of course. We didn't spend all this money on special effects just to take them home again, did we? Apparently so. No! Why not fight a couple of aliens with brains poking out of their heads before you go? Well, we'd love to. Really, we would. But we must be going. So soon? Oh, but you must try the Brain Mangler. I know it'll change your mind. Come, we must get you back to Earth. No, stay. Have another glass of wine. It's only eight o'clock. What will you do now? Kidnap some more Earth people, I expect. No, you were our last hope. There are only minutes left before our planet disintegrates. Oh. Oh. Still, if you won't help us, then I'd better take you home. If that's okay. No, no problem at all. No problem at all. There goes the neighbourhood. Well, here we are, back at Earth. I'll track to beam you down to the surface. What will you do now? Me? Oh, I'll uh, probably do some shopping. Yes, I expect I'll do a bit of shopping. Now, let's get you back home. Right. No wise words before we go? No. No moral to the story? Nothing about nuclear weapons or anything like that? These were some things that happened. You must make your own mind up about them. Excellent. Well, I'll... uh... I'll be sure to pass that on. 
So remember to be cautious when some huge alien intelligence approaches you and asks for some small modicum of help in return for a ride on his tractor beam and potential access to massive untapped resources and knowledge, because we are not alone. We Are Not Alone was brought to you by Timothy Hounsom, Alice Cubbin, Lisa Walsh, John Thrower and the vast alien intelligence Matthew Nation. It was written by John Thrower with additional material by Matt Nation and contributions from the cast. The show was edited by Nathan Rowe. Music and the We Are Not Alone theme is by Andrew Webb and the track Supernatural Radio A is by Kevin MacLeod. For a full set of credits and attributions, visit our webpage at www.wearenotalone.co.uk. We are also available for virtual stalking via Facebook and Twitter. Is it much further? Couple of miles. Probably be there in time for breakfast. There were no seat belts or airbags in cars in those days. And we ate white bread and butter and, and everything else, including full fat milk. And there was no national health service. We were just mental back then. Mental. So may I ask, how old are you? Thirty-two. So that means you were born in... 1980. Right, give me that. Let go!